Presents Pre-Birth. Episode 5. 5! <laughs> I forgot the title. <laughs> uh, you remember the number and that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just forgot that we were calling this Pre-Birth. It took me a while. To re- it's been so long since we recorded. It took me a while last night to remember the the, the, uh, the full title, too. It's like, uh, well, yeah. I'm also not used to going first, because usually when Chad and I go, I, I go last. So. <laughs> yeah. Like the Lantern Cast presents a spinoff brought to you by <laughs> and the letter. <laughs> okay. So, so we're doing uh, issues two, three, and four of the Spectre. This is uh, let's see. Redeeming the Demon is the arc. That is the name of the arc. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It is a three-part arc, Redeeming the Demon, right? which is the first multi-issue arc, clearly, of the new of the new Spectre series. Left we Centuries ago, back, I think, in August, Jim and I covered issue one, which certainly I think I was a little more of a fan of than Jim, but... <laughs> did, but I, did I make it through that episode without yeah, falling asleep? Yeah, you were getting close at the end, but you made it, <laughs> but you made it through. Uh, but at least it did bring up some interesting points about hell and, you know, whether it's a how much of it is, you know, a, a, a kind of like a not necessarily a, it's a state of mind. That's what the word I was looking for. That whether how much of it is this really a state of mind? Do you make your own hell? So, Good old hell, Jordan. Yes, <laughs> hell on earth. <laughs> uh, so should I jump right in, Jim, to make you happy? <laughs> Go for it. So issue two, and of course the creative team remains pretty much from most. I, I think it's from most of the series. There might be a few issues, I think, where the art changes, but J.M. Dot. Yeah, yes. Uh, to, to be fair, that we're equal. That at least I am. Let's put the put the onus on me to be equal opportunity offender. It's not just Billy Tan whose art that I, I'm not a fan of. Yeah. The, the artist Ryan Suk, who is the artist through the majority of the series. Yes, he is. As Jim and I will both talk about, his art is kind of kind of hit hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, J.M. DeMatteis is the writer, and as we also chronicled before, he pretty much has been, other than the actual what, Day of Judgment miniseries, he pretty much has been pretty much the architect of uh, how as a Spectre journey, since he also did the Destroyer of Worlds Legends arc, and he also wrote the ep- the issue of JLA that Hal first appeared in as the Spectre. So, this issue begins with, with Hal Jordan kind of looking very... Very much like a monk wearing his robes, not not your traditional Spectre outfit, 
Though I kind of like almost like his tie made up or his clasp made up of Green Lantern symbols. That's kind of cool. <laughs> so he's kind of hovering in the air and he appears in Columbia, Missouri, at, talking to this man named Henry Westlake who is holding a cigarette seemingly innocently enough until you realize that, that basically Hal has come as the specter to warn this guy because he is, basically was planning on, on burning his mother alive. <laughs> and his mother supposedly was just, I guess she was overbearing and he pretty much he, he essentially devoted like his whole life, I guess, to uh, taking care of her or being under her, under her thumb. And he was just looking for a way out, and pretty much Hal Jordan, as the Spectre, was giving him a warning, showing him what his future was going to be like if he actually followed through on his plans, which pretty much was going to be to suffer the same fate himself, that he essentially was going to be burned alive, except it wouldn't just be uh, over in, in, a, you know, in, a few, in a few moments. It wouldn't be a swift, pain, swift death. Can't say painless, but it wouldn't be a swift death that basically he would have to relive it over and over again forever. And so pretty much... Uh, Hal just, you know, he makes it clear that, you know, this is not what's, this is not what is in your future necessarily, but it will be if you, fo if you do follow through on what your thoughts were. So just basically you, you've been warned. So, you know, the decision is pretty much up to you. Everybody gets one. Everybody gets one. That's right. You, you get one pass. That's it. <laughs> Here's your whole pass. Don't blow it. <laughs> So Hal leaves, you know, Henry there to kind of figure out what what he should do. And Hal, of course, is pondering himself about should I really did I do the right thing myself here? Because this is not your traditional use of the Spectre power. This is not what the Spectre does. He usually just goes out in there and punishes people for what they did, not kind of being like Scrooge in a way and kind of showing you part of maybe part of your life what's happened, but also showing you what could be if you don't get your act together. So he's kind of you know uh, Hal reflects back on last issue and that moment but again he but how referenced at the end of the issue that he thinking that he thought he might have found a new way of, about using this the specter's power but also there could be time for a new age now on, on the planet where maybe humanity is kind of m moving towards you know something different something better so and he's and he's still pondering this it's like uh and he's debating you know it's you know we he has all these thoughts in his head. You know, maybe I think you know an epiphany. Maybe we've made a big a big change here, a moment where we could change. But yet, how goes? You know, and if that's the case, you know, why does the human race, you know, sometimes seem like a horde of maggots intent on devouring the world's corpse? And of, and of course, right at that moment, like the angel on his shoulder, Abin Sir pops up and goes, uh, "Perhaps it's all in the angle of uh, perception." He's being Obi Wan again. What I told you was true from a certain point of view. <laughs> so now we also get another reflection or reference point back to another one of another point that Jim is not too fond with the idea that uh, Hal pretty much knows that his redemption is directly tied to Abin Sur's and vice versa, since Abin Sur was supposedly do doomed and condemned the minute he gave the ring to Hal Jordan because of what Hal was going to do. So that puts that puts added weight onto uh, Hal's shoulder about this. That's some BS. I know, I know. It's an interest, like we said, it was an interesting idea, but it is, you know, it's kind of fraught with a lot of problems there about whether yeah. you accept, will you accept that concept of, you know, like are Hitler's parents, <laughs> are they, they were, they were, you know, condemned, they were, they were basically doomed to go to hell because of the actions of their son. It's, you know, it's kind of. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's probably true. 
just more so because they were shitty parents. <laughs> but but maybe they were. Maybe he was just a bad seed. No pun intended. Oh, uh, I don't know about that. So so Abin Sir and Hal talk about you know Hal of course mentions that you know he's not a particularly deep philosophical thinker. He's just a practical guy. And again, Abin says, then apply your practical nature to this problem, and I'm sure you'll work it out. <laughs> He goes, you'll have to work it out. It's like, I mean it. You have to work it out. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, I'm in hell. <laughs> My ass is going to be toasted for eternity if you don't figure this out. I told you, you got to solve this problem. <laughs> so, so Abin Sir, you know, Abin Sir leaves, leaves Hal, and Hal's kind of pondering all this, and he... And he's looking out the window, and as he's looking out the window and seeing the reflection of himself, all of a sudden his face kind of turns like almost – it almost like glows kind of like a, a bluish – like a flame kind of – like a ghostwriter face essentially. So it's appearing over <laughs> Hal's face. <laughs> Shameless plug-in to the ghostwriter. Uh, I, th- I think that's that's uh, being awful kind saying that that resembles a face. <laughs> It resembles a, a kind of like a burned up, a burned up face that no longer resembles Hal Jordan, but it still has a glowing head. Let's it agree is, on that. It's a, it's a vague, a vague, head-like shape. <laughs> and, and, and as Hal sees this in the in the window, it, we get a nice, a big splash page in which all of a sudden this this glowing head now is like ginormous seemingly coming out of Hal's real face going, see what you've done to me! <laughs> Meanwhile, in California. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know. Where where we last left off with uh, with Jack Jordan just showing up at Carol Ferris's house in the middle of the night. And it's Carol... Uh, I like that picture of, uh, of Jack holding Carol because it looks like they're guilty as hell, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, well, as her as her husband's coming, as her husband as as Carol's old man husband is coming down the stairs, and just a, just a just a body language in Jack kind of just makes him look guilty for some reason. We know he's not, but it's just oh, we're not doing anything. Go upstairs. Who's that? Yeah, like who, he's gonna do anything about it? Yeah, get upstairs, Gramps. Yeah, go back to bed, Gil. <laughs> go change your depends and shut the hell up. So basically. And I think the last issue, Jack showed up because he he's having because he, I think the issue the issue began right with Jack in therapy right having his epiphany or yeah, driving so. his having this breakthrough with his therapist that Hal's really alive, which seems to be a common theme that a lot of the interaction with Hal in the Destroyer of Worlds Legends arc is now basically the like repercussions like what you know the ripples in a pond that people didn't realize realize it at the time but now at, as they get further away from the actual event. They're all kind of having their memories are kind of changing, and now they're kind of saying, "Hey, I think that might have been." So Jack shows up in the middle of the night to talk to Carol about, you know, Hal's alive, Hal's alive, and of course they literally keep saying the same exact stuff to each other. It's like, "I've seen him, he's alive." So one of the more interesting things about this, and of course they they both recount their individual encounters with Hal, who they didn't realize, who of course they didn't realize was Hal at the time, but they recount both those stories from. Uh, the legends of the DC arc, and then we get back. To, we get back to the part where uh, Jack gets his daughter's his daughter's name wrong again. Goes back to the original name, which was Jennifer. Before we know, her name ends up being Helen, pretty much for the rest of the series. God, I don't. I was looking for issue one to see if they actually referenced. They actually called her Helen again. 
I should have listened to the first episode. The issue, I mean, the episode for the first issue that we did again. Because I think they might have referenced her as Helen in issue one, and now they go back to Jennifer. But at the very least, we know they, at some point she switches over from, from Jennifer to Helen. Helenifer. Ha- yes. Maybe, at least they could have said that like, that's her middle name, and then they could have got away with it. <laughs> Helen on her. <laughs> so they're, they're talking amongst, you know, Carol and Jack are just kind of comparing basic, basically comparing notes here about how you know the figure that they saw they didn't think was Hal. Now they think really was Hal, and they're saying, "Oh, maybe we're just sharing this some kind of shared delusion." And then we hear, "If you two are deluded, then so am I." And that <laughs> I assure you, I am not. Yes, that I assure you is an impossibility. Grizoriel shows up at the Carol Ferris house because I guess everybody shows up in the middle of the night there. Black hand knocks on the door, bringing cookies. I don't know. No, that does not happen. Uh, so, well, that so Carol and now Carol and uh, Jack have to figure out, figure out why is Oriel here. Meanwhile, we have we have this thug basically being dealt with in Gotham City by Batman, a really poorly drawn Batman. <laughs> yeah. Even though I kind of like the short ears, it's kind of got the uh, Batman v Superman kind of short ears on Batman, so I think that kind of works. But his body is. The, uh, it's not I, the, I feel like it, the Batman is not that bad in this particular scene because it's just kind of like you know it's very steeped in shadow. Yes, yes. So it's kind of it, it's kind of in Sook's wheelhouse in that regard. I, I mean, like uh, this particular scene was like. It was decent, but it was also kind of like cliche Batman. Yes, and I think page twelve works better than page eleven. I think the the scene when he's holding him over the ledge. Yeah. The art, the scene overall, I think works better there. But but the artwork, I think, works better. The way, I think he looks more like Batman there. So Batman is holding this 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 thug over the you know off the ledge of a building, basically you know. Threatening him to get information, and you know, you better like. I don't really need any evidence anyway. I can just drop you. But you know, if you want, you know, if you want to come clean, blah 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 blah. And then eventually, he pull, you know, he pulls this guy up, and uh, as, as, once this guy starts getting ready to sing like a bird, you know, he pulls him up, and the, and the, the thug's like barely conscious. It's, and then all of a sudden, you, you hear from behind someone's talking to Batman. I knew you were going. You, I knew you weren't going to drop him. And Batman's like, I'm working. <laughs> Because we need to talk. It's like, uh, it's about Hal. And you're like, Hal's dead. And then you have, again, Superman doesn't look too great there. And Superman's going, regarding the Hal's dead thing, is, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, no, the Superman there is actually, like, pretty bad. Yeah, he's pretty, yeah, he doesn't really look very Superman-like at all. <laughs> it's like some dude. Yeah, some, he is floating, like... and we know he's wearing the costume with the cape. So we know it's Superman. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, he, he, a, a lot of it looks like a lot of Sook's artwork. You know, his guys are really big and chunky and kind of clunky looking. So I think that that's that's the way you know that's the way he uh, th- that's the way he draws a lot of these characters. So while Batman and Superman are having their conversation, we we get the narration from Hal because now Hal kind of has recovered from whatever the hell you know that that ghost face thing, spirit face. Spirit based killer. Yeah, ghost. Yeah, ghost face. Because this is like screamed seven point eight. <laughs> but 
the flaming face basically Hal's recovered because it did knock it did kind of like knock him out of the knock him out for a while and Hal's like I'm not sure what happened back there but whatever it was the entity he refers it to how ironic <laughs> but that entity nearly exploded my brain from the inside out you know so and Hal basically was following the psych the psychic fingerprint you know to try to track it down and now and he, and he find you know he finds you know the 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 face still kind of like floating there kind of a little actually it looks almost like goblin like in that face more like still kind of amorphous but there is like a almost like a goblin like face to the in the blue glow going take me back before it's too late <laughs> take me back yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's your last chance shame yeah nah, nah. take me back shame <laughs> so how you know so how kind of continues to you know following following the, the entity as he calls it uh he kind of points out that the fog that was swirling around him, it doesn't feel right, almost like it's alive. I like to, It's an interesting reference point because he says, and what's that up ahead? Forming in the womb of the fog. Because that's kind of a unique word, combination of terms. Never quite thought of the fog as a womb. <laughs> you know, the fog womb. The fog womb. Uh, but it kind of turns into this, like, this crystallized uh, structure with like a tower on it. And, and I guess and there's terrible howling coming from it. So Hal gets closer to to investigate, and he basically and he gets introduced to Mistos, who is a kind of freaky looking chick. Uh, it seems to be a common theme in these because the because de- the devil was a chick in the last issue too. <laughs> I wonder what Demetrius is trying to say. <laughs> but all kidding aside, Mistos, you know. A, you know, she introduces herself and she says, you know, this place where we are, it's a place behind, behind, or beyond comprehension, excuse me. And we find out that basically that what Hal has been seeing and she has kind of captured is the wrath, the wrath part of the specter, which Hal, of course, rejected and tossed, essentially, as far as he thought, more or less it was gone forever. But he, he rejected it and pushed it out of himself in the Legends of the DC arc. But we basically we found out that you know the wrath is still functional; it's still around. And uh, Hal's just surprised by this because he didn't think it could have any you know physical existence without a human host. He goes, "So you believe, but obviously you know you were you were mistaken." And <clears throat> the spirit, you know, the the wrath keeps calling to Hal, you know, "Take me back, take me back." And Hal's like, "You know, I can't take you back. You know, it's like uh, I'll die, like I die again a thousand, you know, ten thousand times before I do that. You're nothing but blind rage, and I there's a different path for the Spectre now. You know, I'm kind of rejecting that. And that now Hal kind of like turns his attention to Mistos and like like who are you, you know, to be doing this? You know, who are you to trap the wrath? And she calls herself a planetary guardian or divine protector." Yeah, you know, and you may have thought you cast it into oblivion, but you but it was stronger and shrewder than you knew. You know, so I basically yeah, he she captured the beast because she keeps referring to it as a beast, and it's gonna and she plans on keeping it there until you know the end of time. And Mistos and Hal start having their conversation about you know your you know your mission. Your mission is just beginning to unfold, and you know you you're not what you once were, Hal Jordan, nor are you what you think you are. Even now, and before that conversation can go any further, you know the the wrath part, the wrath escapes from its prison. It, you know it, it attacks Hal. It it you know it tries to merge back with Hal, but Hal kind of rejects it, and he kind of says, "You don't have any power over me." Blah blah blah. And she, and the, the the wrath is like, you know, 
please. It's like, I cannot help being what I am. You know, God created me. It's like, I beg you to show me mercy. That, you know, that the presence never has. So, so the, so the, so the spirit of vengeance is going for a guilt trip on Hal. <laughs> yeah. It's like, please, please. And of course, because Hal's a pretty compassionate guy, he kind of says, you know, you're right. You've had no, you know, you really had no choice in the matter, you know, but I do. You know, I can be, I'm different. And, you know, maybe there's a new path for both of us and we can walk this path together. So Hal kind of holds out his hand, you know, and, you know, the, the Wrath takes his hand and, and of course, the Wrath double crosses Hal and, and ends up taking over Hal's physical form. Hal's, you know, Hal's cloak is kind of like left burning on the ground and Hal's body seems to have been destroyed. Now you have the Wrath pretty much without, for the first time ever, without a, without a human host. No morality. Nothing to guide him. He kind of t- takes Hal's cloak to put over himself, and then we have a really freaky-looking version of the Spectre. He goes, you know, may God have mercy on this earth, because I won't. And then he flies off, leaving Mistos' palace to go get into trouble. <laughs> it's a freaky-looking Spectre, though. That was really cool. Yeah, I like that. I like that. that was, yeah, that was probably Sook's best work ever. <laughs> oh, <God. No>. oh, <laughs> oh, Jim! <laughs> Don't uh, ever change, man. <laughs> no, but that yeah, that last page was definitely uh, the highlight. Um, although I did like the part with the uh, the dude that was going to burn his mother alive. Yeah, the artwork wasn't the artwork wasn't great, but the but the story but the the story that we were being told about it was pretty cool. Yeah, I, you know, like that that part where. Where you have the specter, like, not, like, you know, torturing people, but dealing with people. Right. Like, that's, I think, the strength of this series. And there really isn't a lot of it. <laughs> but when it's there, it's uh, it's pretty nice. Yeah, I think they kind of got themselves into a, like a... It was a tough act, or a tough balancing act, I should say, because of the fact that they they did want to do a new take on the Spectre, and obviously with Hal to try to redeem him, that uh, he kind of had to make it a different kind of Spectre, because he, if he was all blood and guts, then it was going to kind of be hard to potentially differentiate him from from Parallax, and that kind of was part of, at least part of the goal in this, was making Hal a hero again. Yeah. So... But then they, but yeah, they have if they have moments like that where you're seeing a new take on the Spectre, which I really liked about this series, the idea of him, the of Hal's Hal's will being so strong that he could transform the spirit of vengeance into the spirit of redemption. I always liked that about this series, but I guess they also felt like they had to have a little bit more comic booky stories in here once in a while, which is probably why we end up with Superman and Batman introduced into the Spectre series a lot sooner than I ever figured they, they were going to be. No, I mean, I like I I get that because here you have this new series and it's almost like I have most of the most of the um the series that were coming out back then like would have crossovers from like Superman or Batman for absolutely no reason. Right. I like do you remember the um the series The Power Company? I didn't read it, but I remember. I do remember it. Like it started out with, I want to say, like five or six one-shots, and each one-shot introduced a new character on the team paired up with an existing superhero. 
you know, so like you had one character where they, you know, they're introducing this woman with like, you know, tech powers, or whatever, with Green Lantern, you know, or, you know, Superman's teaming up with like the muscle guy on the team, like whatever it was. So that like, you know, almost as if like to show it's like, hey, look, you know, they're standing beside the heroes that you love. So give them a chance. And then, like, you know, once the series started, like, you know, I guess, again, it was a couple of issues where they're on their own, you know, doing their own thing. And then all of a sudden, like, they brought in, like, you know, Firestorm or some, you know, some whoever guy to uh, just to, like, having, like, an established person. But, I mean, it was actually, like, a really good book. It was it was a fantastic book. But nobody was giving it a shot because it was all these new characters right. that, you know their their way to like kind of like you know was it what's the term ham fisted <laughs> into continuity as far as like you know trying to establish these characters alongside heroes you know it was too blatantly you know like blatantly obvious and forced like if they had like taken the time and actually introduced these characters in the book then they might have had a shot no, I I agree. I think I can I definitely can under can understand that. So it does make it does make sense from that point of view because other than that, other than the I I mean, you obviously have Hal Jordan fans who are going to be at least a, almost all Hal Jordan fans were probably going to be willing to buy into the series to give it a shot. Yeah. And then you had you know you, there are some Spectre fans and the quest even though excuse me, it's debatable whether uh if you were a diehard Spectre fan you might not necessarily like this series. Because of what, the, because of the change in the character, it's possible yeah. you wouldn't. So then you, so then you're trying, and it's also possible once the start, once the series started playing out, and we know the sales ended up, you know, not not being great. That even if how some Hal Jordan fans would not like the journey because it's not your typical Hal Jordan kind of stories. So they probably felt the need to, like I said, try to get it get it off to a stronger start by tying in Batman and Superman and. Maybe again, touching on elements of dealing with Hal's personal redemptive arc, besides him trying to, you know, help others. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of surprised at how many issues this series lasted for what it was. Because I mean, like, you know, we were, I think we were discussing this before we started recording. You know, like the next issue is a, a one shot with Two Face, and it's a fantastic issue. I mean, like. They, it's a, it's a use of the specter that they've never done before. It's a look at Two Face that we haven't gotten before. You know, it was like, okay, well here we have the specter, and here we have an established character, and it worked so perfectly. And like, you know, if that's what this series was, then like it would have been amazing. You know, but like that those kind of issues were few and far between. And it's like, you know, right now he's dealing with the, uh, the risen, you know, this, this woman and this, you know, other man from the risen who is like, you know, it's just some weird Demetrius concept that he, you know, plucked out of nowhere. Just like the, the, the dude in the, uh, the mini, the, the, the legends call. Yeah. Call. You know, like, and he keeps on going up against these, like, these mystical threats 
that are like, you know, playing out on a, um, what's the term? Um, cosmic plane kind of thing? Not even like a cosmic plane. It's more like a, like a theological, like, debate. You know, like, their, their battles are theological in nature. That is true. And it's all, like, so hypothetical and just, like, you know, it, he doesn't actually win, you know, well, I, I guess there might be, like, a couple of fights where he wins through, like, fist fights or whatever, even though it's, like, nonsense. But, you know, it's not that I want the Spectre to be, like, you know, to have to get into fist fights with whoever, but, I mean, like, he shouldn't, like, those kind of stories shouldn't be taking place. You know, like, the Spectre, like, there should be a couple of threats, but it shouldn't be like, you know, okay, well, now we have a five-issue, you know, arc of, like, you know, Pan the Wonder Demon from Dimension X, you know, from a concept that you could never theorize, you know, and now I'm going to eat the inner essence of your left soul brain. You know, like, <laughs> Demoteus, like, he pulls so many of these just, like, far-off, like, bizarro concepts out of his ass. And then he try and conjures them into, like, some sort of cohesive story. But we all kind of know it's bullshit because, like, it has no basis in anything. I mean, like, with The Risen, it's, like, it's such a, like, a poorly thought-out concept because, like, you know, it's like, it's like, I cannot give us a name, and I cannot tell you when we're from, and I can't tell you what happened to us. And it's like, you know, I can tell you everything about me, but, like, except for everything. You know, like, he, he tries to, you know, it's like, it's almost like he's like, I have such a great concept for this, you know, this new conceptual villain slash character for the Spectre. This is going to be great. And, you know, like, maybe he thinks that by adding the mystery, it's adding depth. But if you don't add any characteristics or, or you know, defining <coughs> information, then it's just like a bullshit concept. No, I, I know. It, I, I, know where, I know exactly what you mean. It's... It's it's a, it was a tough juggling act of concepts and ideas and application and as we know there are a hit there are some su some successes and there's some home runs but there's also yeah. a lot of pop ups probably yeah. in this. Um, now do you have you have the digital version or you or you have the physical version? I'm going digital on this. One of the interesting things in this issue is that they have a. Uh, there's actually another cool ad in issue three, but there's an ad advertising uh, Kevin Smith's Green Arrow series, which is about to start. Oh. Yeah. Welcome to the Resurrection, which, of course, reminds me of Witness the Resurrection, the tagline for uh, Alien Resurrection. <laughs> but, yeah, this is, oh, this is pushing the February launch, which I guess would have been February in 2002. Um, Let's see. That was... 2002. I'm, I'm, guess, well, I'm, guess, I'm guessing only because this, these issues were in, were, were at least they're, they're yeah, because it's April 2001 is the, unless they're talking about uh, February as in the actual, not the actual release date and the issues are dated, you know, ahead of time. But I don't remember if they were, how far ahead they still were then. So that would probably be, um, 
Wasn't that around Green Lantern, like the Ion storyline? Um, was it before that? See, I'm trying to remember. I should remember because we just we just did that. Uh, I could probably, I'll probably be able to dig that up. Because um, I like the only thing that I remember is that after the Kevin Smith arc, I believe it was Ben Rab that took over for him. I think that's right. And him and Winnick, like they stayed on for a while. And then Winnick left Green Lantern and Rab left Green Arrow and they swapped. And Winnick stayed on Green Arrow for a while and he was very good. And Rab was on Green Lantern for like, I don't know, three to six issues and they kind of sucked. Yeah, that was the end of the, yeah, the end of the run. Yeah, and then uh, Mars came and took it over for three issues to close it out. So looks, yeah, you're right. It should be somewhere around the same time because because Green Lantern 142 came out or in November of 2001. That was a November 2001 issue, so that would that would have tied into probably the beginning of uh, somewhere around the time of the beginning of the of the Green Arrow series. Did the Spectre? Did Hal Jordan the Spectre show up in the Power of Ion storyline? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he was playing his Obi Wan role several times to Kyle during the during his transition to Ion, and then again towards the end, right before he gave the power up in issue one hundred and fifty. Do we get to cover that? <laughs> <laughs> if you were, had been able to had been able to make that episode, then yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe we'll do a spe- maybe we'll do a special. We'll do a special, Jim. We'll let you revi- revisit the power of Ion related to the Spectre. There we go. <clears throat> So any, th- any other thoughts on issue two, spe- specifically, before I roll into issue three? Specifically, um, still hate the Abinsar thing. Uh, and now I just kind of, like, dread seeing Abinsar pop up. Um, I, like, I'm really glad that it was for a page and that was it. The... So, so every time you see Abinsar now, he reminds you of that damnation concept, and that's why you... Well, <laughs> just that, and, like, it's like, you know what, like... Come on, just get out of here. Let Hal do his thing for a while, and then they did for you know, for two more issues. So that that was that was good. Um, the the thing with uh, Hal's brother and and Carol, um, I mean, you know, it was okay. Um, I guess it was necessary. the The Batman scene was decent, if not you know, completely cliche. And then uh, I I did kind of like the intro to the the risen. Did the girl have a name? In this issue, that was Mistos, right? Oh yeah, Mistos. Mistos, right, yes. Right. She yeah. Yeah. No, she 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 mentioned like so many times that like there was no name that could be comprehended. So I just kind of forgot. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it was decent, like, in the beginning, because you don't really know what's going on. She had captured the Wrath, and uh, and then, of course, like, the very end. I, like, that part I thought was an interesting concept, that the Wrath completely took over. And, like, but, well, I, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll get to it in the next issue. The the issue that I had with, with the, the Wrath taking over completely. Okay. Okay. So I'll transition to issue three. 
I will say that this one was this issue was decent. This was definitely a decent issue. Yeah, I like I liked issue, I liked issue two. I think issue I think issue two was pretty. It was pretty straightforward, at least for what it was trying to accomplish. So yeah, I think the, that was. The art, art was hit or miss, but like you know, you had enough good stuff in it that uh, made it worthwhile. And I like the cover. I like the cover with like the almost like the the cogs, almost like the 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 death face cogs all intertwined in the cover, and Hal looking like the Spectre actually. <laughs> not not yeah. like not like a monk with a cloak. He actually has the Green Lantern mask on, and he's kind of and he's kind of got the Green Lantern symbol in his chest. So I kind of yeah. like that look. Yeah, no, this this cover was uh, was fantastic. Actually, this cover and and the cover for number three. Yeah, uh, number three is pretty cool because number three has you know you you see basically again Hal not with the mask but with just the hood over his head holding his hand out holding Superman and Batman in his hand. So kind of like an offshoot of the the, the Daryl Banks cover from that from like Green Lantern 119 I think it was 119 that we did uh, the first appearance. Of uh, Hal in that as the Spectre and back in Green Lantern, with a whole bunch of skulls now in the background. So, yeah. kind of like Hal holding everybody in his hand. I like, uh, yeah, I like the the way that they uh, drew Superman on this cover. Yeah, he looks more Superman-like, especially the face. He's got the square jawed thing going. Yeah, uh, coloring. The coloring is excellent on this one. Yes. So we pick the issue picks up pretty much exactly where the last left off with the spirit of. The spirit of vengeance now controlling the, the, the specter being unleashed without any human host. He's just flying off. I am the wrath of God, and he's basically like seeking out. Basically, he's in London and he's seeking out just everybody because he doesn't really care. Because pretty much every everybody's eaten. You know, you've all eaten of the apple, as he phrases it. You're all stinking with sin. So he begins, you know, to pretty much start meeting out punishment left and right to people. And uh, as he continues to do this, all of a sudden, you know, his his uh, spree of punishment starts. It first gets stopped, and then something, as he says, it something stays my hand. It reverses my will. Not something spirit, but someone. And then we say Mistos is pretty much. She pretty much shows up to try to, uh, I guess, put him back into his place. Then, of course, right conveniently enough, we switch back to California, <laughs> where Zoriel continues his conversation with Jack and Carol, who feel the need to drop down to their knees in front of him. And he kind of says, please, you don't need to do that. <laughs> please don't do that. But Azoriel starts talking about, you know, there's a there's a shift in the flow of reality. And the soul, you know, is how Jordan has moved forward in, in his quest to earn the Spectre's power. And in doing so, he has earned something even greater, his identity. So, so Azoriel is pretty much giving us the explanation for why it's kind of like, again, the ripples in the pond are t taking effect. So why everybody who's encountered Hal previously, who know who as soon as the encounter ended, they didn't know it was Hal anymore, or they thought it was somebody else. Now that veil is starting to be lifted. So now they're starting to say, "Hey, why do I feel like I dealt with Hal? This he's Hal." I also like the concept that Hal, that uh, Zoriel says about uh, to Jack and Carol that basically, which is another concept. I like it because it's a concept that we get that is referred back to several times in this series, and it's kind of a deep, it's another deep concept, and I like it, the idea that relating to Jack, Carol, and Hal, how basically the three of them have been interconnected, and it's not just like a one-time thing, that basically over and over again throughout time, throughout different incarnations of, of their being, you know, as he says, you know, you three have danced together, not just for one lifetime but for untold thousands that basically their souls their consciousness everything that they've been they're linked together so 
they may not always have the same relationship, then that gets touched on, you know, an, another issue down the road. But there's, but there is a connection between the three of them. So no matter how what form it takes at a given time, there it's there. So you don't like that idea? No. Fundamentally, or just as it applies to these guys, or these as characters? As it applies, well, um, or both. Uh, I bit. don't mind it fundamentally because you know, like if it was the kind of thing where it was established, then it, like for everybody. You know, like, you know, Superman's, you know, been reincarnated a million times, and Batman, and, you know, and everybody. Like, if this was the thing, like, across the board, then I probably wouldn't have a problem with it. But, like, it seems just, like, so forced and, like, out of left field that Carol, Hal Jordan, and Hal Jordan's brother, who we rarely ever see, ever are all, like, so interconnected, you know, through reincarnations and, you know, millions of lifetimes and stuff like that. I think I think it works better. I think it works better just focusing in on Carol, Carol and Hal. I, yeah, like, that, I would say, does, like, work better. Um, yeah, when you, when you, like, say, like, you know, the, you know, like, you have a guy and a girl, and it's like, okay, you know, like, Yes, you've danced together in the in past. You've had thousands of lifetimes, and you always end up finding each other. Fine. Okay. But when you're like, you know, ah, oh, yes, all three of you have danced together, it's like, well, that's kind of awkward. I like, it's like Hal Jordan and Carol Ferris have always found each other. Jack's always been there, too. <laughs> so, peering in the window. <laughs> No, but to, but to be fair, at least on the next page, they kind of give more of an explanation for for what he kind of meant. The idea that because Zoriel's talking to Carol's, like asking like, "Why are you here?" and he just pretty much says it because because your love, as in, I think and I think he's I think he's talking to to uh, Carol and Jack because your love for Hal Jordan has brought you you know together time and time again, incarnation after incarnation. So it's not necessarily like there's some kind of, you know, uh, love triangle going on. It's the fact that they they both basically have this incredible bond with Hal, and, and that kind of make, gives ha- Carol, I think, and Jack some kind of connection too. But the real connection is between Jack and Hal, and Carol and and Hal. Well, yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't doubt that. I'm not saying it like it was a love triangle. It just seems very odd that like, you know, all the people in Hal's <clears throat> life. The only people that you know really cared enough about him are his girlfriend and his brother. I, you know, like I just and, and his brother that like you know he never sees. It just it seems very odd. It just seems very. I do see, I do see the coming out of left field concept about of other other in that practice. Not so much the concept, but the in practicality, the idea of introducing it this way. I can, I, yeah, that, that, that's that's it. Yeah. It's like you know, like this one little you know spot. It's like okay, well now we're gonna drop the fact that you know in the DC universe all the souls are recycled. I, you know, like that's a huge concept that you just dropped, like you know, for the sake of like three panels, and you'll never deal with it ever again. 
or maybe like once again, you know. Certainly beyond the series, it probably doesn't get dealt with. <laughs> no. Well, very rarely, probably certainly what doesn't get referenced as far as, you know, the that it's an idea that had been, you know, introduced and now we're following up on it. Somebody may have thrown it in as a, or just made a general statement that people don't, you know, it just slips right by. But Zoriel pretty much tells Carol and Jack the reason why he's there is because, you know, you, you know, your, basically your love for Hal is so strong, you know, how how could I not respond to you and help, you know, kind of like usher in a reunion? And then at the moment that he's kind of like reaching out to Carol, all of a sudden he goes, wait, and he senses something's wrong. He goes, something is prof- you know, profoundly wrong here. It's like, I must go, but I promised you that I will return. And so Jack and Carol are kind of just left going, okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mistos is con- and, and the Spectre continue their little, uh, their little confrontation. You know, the, the, the Spectre, the wrath goes, you know, now I have absorbed Jordan into me. I have taken a physical form, and so I peer into your soul, woman. And I really like the way his eyes bug out of his head in that battle. <laughs> like, whee <laughs> And he goes, I see guilt festering there, and so I devour you. And, you know, the, the wrath attempts to devour Mistos, and she, you know, she kind of turns the table again on him. It's like, is that, is that really what your plan is? You know, to to rip away my flesh? It's like spill my blood. It's like that doesn't really. Work. It's not. You know, this is just a mask, is what you see. And you know, you called me a fool before, but it's like I think you might be the fool because, you know, as I, because pretty much she starts seeping into him when he thought he he was going to devour her, and he just she kind of points out, you know, I'm going to as I seep into your body, your mind, and your very essence. You know, as I conquer you cell by cell. Who really is the fool now? <laughs> you know, and who, you know, and who is being devoured? And just at that moment where basically Mistos has, you know, captured uh, the escaped Spectre to take him away, just at that moment, you know, Zoriel arrives, but, of course, just a tad too late. Being quite ominous, at, you know, being, being a little drama queen going, I may have arrived too late for Hal Jordan and perhaps the world. <laughs> Missed it by that much. <laughs> Sorry, world. Yeah. Shit, I blew it again. So, so now, we, so Superman and Batman picking up where they were in the last issue. Now they're they've made their way to the Batcave, and we get again another interesting concept being delved into how uh, how they both basically reflect upon their interaction with the Spectre, and it seems like there's basically two two memory. Two memory tracks, if you will. Uh, there's one that basically was a false memory, which is what I guess. But while Hal, I, you know, was had the burden of not being able to, when he was, as he was trying to earn the power of the Spectre more and more, one as one of the curses was that he couldn't. People wouldn't know who he was, or that they they couldn't remember who he was, even if they momentarily could see him. So there, I guess there was a false memory track that was part of, you know, Hal's curse, if you will. So no one could would know who he is. And then underneath that, there was the truth. So once that veil gets lifted a little bit, people start realizing that, hey, it's him. And Batman, you know, and you know, obviously Superman was, was the first one to be able to pick up on this. And he kind of urges, you know, he kind of urges Batman to, uh, you know, to you know, to focus and and focus on his link to Hal, and then try to re, you know reflect back on that interaction with the Spectre. <laughs> Superman, Superman remembered that Hal was the Spectre when he was having a torchasm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, torchasm, yo, yo. 
Talk about it. Talk about something just being thrown in there out of the blue. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you take your torchasms back to Metropolis, buddy. <laughs> I just cleaned this cave, thank you. Oh man. So basically, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna break in for for two seconds here. Sure. One, the art of Hal Jordan on the computer monitors in the Batcave. It's horrible. It's like a child drew them. Especially the parallax one. Oh, that's like. That's not even a that's not even a person, but I mean like just the Hal Jordan. It just looks like a child Jordan, or like I don't know. Maybe Ryan Sook like broke his hand and was drawing with his <laughs> other hand. That I don't know. He's got but such a other thing. What? No, I was gonna say he's got such such a happy go lucky smiley face on in that middle in that middle screen, the big screen. God. The other thing though is like two panels after that. Yeah, you know, he Superman is talking to Batman. Yours is the most formidable will I've ever encountered. Use that will, Bruce. Focus on your leg to hell. Like, you know, okay, focus on the person whose entire power set was based on their superior willpower (laughs) to wield the most powerful weapon in the universe. And he's saying to Bat, yours is the most formidable will. Like, what, are you... <laughs> what? That sums it up nicely. Use the force, Bruce. Remember, I do. Good. Let's go find him. Yeah. And Batman's peeling out in the, in the Batmobile super fast, like like Batman really wants to find him. <laughs> Batman's really like fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you, he's your buddy, Clark, not mine. <laughs> Batman's like, eh, if it gives me a reason to... Wait a second. If it gives me a reason to take my Batmobile for a spin out to a magical crystal island, how the fuck is he going to get there in a Batmobile? Yeah, I... I, 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 I... <laughs> like, they just show up, but like... What a, yeah, they just, they just show up. So obviously Superman... Like had to carry Batman at some point, but like, why didn't he just carry him the whole way? Like, what? Because it's, ba- like... it's Batman, and he's nobody's bitch. No. <laughs> I, you know, it's Batman, so he's gonna make things as difficult as he can to be as independent as he can for as long as he can. Okay, now carry me. Carry me across this thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna throw my battering at you. <laughs> Bring me around, James. Bring me around. <laughs> Superman, you know what you gotta do. Carry me. No, I don't want to carry you. Oh, so, yes, yeah, so Superman and Batman go off somewhere, hoping to, <laughs> hoping to find Hal in a street corner or something. Uh, so, meanwhile, back with Mist- at Mistos' palace, uh, back, pa- pa- risen east. <laughs> The Spectre, you know, the, the the Spectre has been recaptured in another blue orb like he was before. He still kind of has taken, he still has Hal's physical form, though, too. So he's still looking like he did before, as of, you know, his escape in the last issues. So he still has a human form, despite the fact that he has no human host. We get a little bat, little conversation between... Uh, uh, Mistos and her, I, she, she's the one I remembered. I, I was trying to remember what Alfred's name over here was. <laughs> all, all. Oh, that's right. That's right. All. That's right. 
All is his actual name. I read it and it's like, is that a real name? All of me. Oh. Why <laughs> take all of me? Miss <laughs> Dose and yeah. All are talking. Miss Dose. Listen, listen. I gotta, I gotta take this page. I gotta recap this page. Okay. So Miss Dose is talking to All, and they need to remove Hal Jordan from uh, the Wrath again. So she calls upon the song from the voices from the well of time, which apparently like is visualized by some sort of like razor backed musical cleft thing. And then the voices sing and then the, the wrath kind of farts out Hal Jordan gas through the blue ball, which coagulates into a Hal Jordan. Okay, you can have it. (laughs) (laughs) But he just said. (laughs) That's what happens. Yeah. Even though it's more like he puked out the gas, but but since we farted out gas, really, it it was a good analogy, Jim. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's a mouth fart. I mean, like, that's, (laughs) it's like, it's, it's gas with like a couple of hands coming off of it. It's, oh God, so bizarre. So after a few seconds of Hal kind of getting his bearings back about what the hell happened, I'm back again, what the hell, what the... Then he, then he kind of gets pissed. He becomes Spectre-like because he grows really, really big. I like That's the one thing, you know, when the Spectre's really pissed, he, he, he grows to enormous size just to belittle who he's talking to. <laughs> you little pissant! So he's, you know, Hal's just kind of like, enough! It's like, I'm getting sick and tired of being used by you, being used by, by the wrath. It's like, just tell me who you are and what you want. Or I swear I'll use every iota of my power to blah, 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 blah. Uh, so more or less, she kind of goes, in a way, she kind of goes back and I guess this relates to the origin of the Risen and talking about, you know, how, you know, relates to myths going back, to, you know, to, you know, Shambhala, Atlantis, all these great reference points. And she basically plays, she, she talks to Hal about how big, Essentially, can you imagine a golden age where all the beings and everything are in perfect harmony? And she's essentially going back with the idea of, as we've touched upon before, in this, even in this arc, the idea that there's a new path for the Spectre, and there's a new path for Hal. You know, the, all the signs are coming together, and you, you know, and look, the signs are now, and there's a new, and a new Spectre is one of those signs. And this is a, kind of like a parallax reference. It goes, even before you assume this role, the power of your will nearly changed the universe. You know, think, Hal Jordan, of what we can do together. So Hal, you know, Hal's got this pseudo smile on his face at, at first when she's talking, because she is kind of like singing his praises at the same time as tr- while she's trying to kind of like seduce him in a way to join her, join me. Uh but then Hal kind of rejects that quickly and goes, you know, yeah, I, I did almost change the universe and it pretty much, or and I did try to mold creation to suit, you know, my will, but it pretty much brought the ruination of my soul. So I'm not, that's a path I'm not going to walk again. And you know, and I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to manipulate reality to conform to your wishes or mine. And she goes, I'm not speaking about manipulation, but you know, restoration, not my wishes, but God's. You know, so she keeps, you know, she keeps appealing to him there, and Hal come. You know, references back what we saw in the first issue about he had a vision of hell, and I was told by someone who I assumed or thought was the devil about you know how you know basically, basically things are could be different. We may no longer need hell, and 
the devil suffering and wrath and all that stuff. And it's like, uh, I like to believe you too, Mistos, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of a little leery here. And, and you know, you can't just force the world to be what you want. And whatever you, it is you're planning, I can't allow it. You know, and she pretty much, you know, takes Hal Jordan's hand at this moment. And then we get a really, I like the double splash page when she basically say, kind of, what would you say, Jim? The Risen, kind of like in all their glory, in a way? Um, yeah. Yeah, actually. It, the, that, nameless, that a, the Nameless Land, excuse me. That's what she called, refers to it as. It, it was interesting. It was um, vaguely reminiscent of seeing uh, Relic's universe. Yeah, I think that's I think there's elements of that too. And actually, for some reason, they reminded me of Odom too, even though the colors aren't the same. But it's just there's, there's so much harmony going on. There's people playing the harp and people being sitting in front of teachers being taught, and it just it's you know it's a very it's a very serene place. Mm-hmm. So she's you know she's so she's kind of showing how that this is kind of what her concept was, and this is kind of what you know they're they're reaching for. You know, she, as she says, because this is the natural state of the earth. This is the, this is the dream in its purest form. You know, nightmares have been layered over each other for ages. You know, but but you know, this is what's this is what's really there. And Hal's like, if this is really true, you know, what you're ta- talking about is heaven on earth. And then she's like, well, should we explore this further? And it's like, do you people know that you know we're here? Or because Hal senses the in, the intrusion, and she said, you know, they they wouldn't really be. They, it's like. They essentially everything kind of exists simultaneously, and you know, but and it's just that we're kind of like insignificant from the point of view that we're not enough to interrupt, you know, their their deep thinking and all this. So this kind of this kind of goes on. This kind of goes on for a few more pages, and then all of a sudden, like almost like a some some. Some as some parts of the these uh, nameless worlds start collapsing and everything, and and Hal's kind of like trying to figure out what's what's going on. If this was a golden age, what possibly could have? And basically, I'm not. So what exact? What do we know? What happens yet at this page? Why it all collapses? Because um, I'm trying to think if I if I miss something because it just kind of it just kind of happens real fast here. I know they mentioned the mirrors reflecting reality and. You know, basically, you know, we passed, you know, we've gone, we passed, you know, we passed, you know, we passed here. It's like 10,000, 10 times, 10,000 years, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, no, they don't actually. Give a reason, right? No. Just that it's just that it basically, the, the but just that it collapsed. It just fell. Right. Well, yeah, that's like what I said, you know, how they don't actually give you any actual information. It's all just, you know, kind of. That's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing something in the, in the recap. So yeah, you know, I mean, like they they give you more of a clarification in the next issue. Right. I just figured for this issue. I just wanted to make right. sure. Yeah. No. Nothing. So it, it sinks. It sinks. Much like Atlantis. Probably much like the things that they re- that the, just maybe again kind of the ideas that she's referencing based on myth. The idea that you have this perfect place in in different mythologies and different in different cultures that existed and then, and then it just ceased to exist and was never seen again so she she feels confident at least what she showed the specter that you know now that you've seen what you've seen you know you think you're ready to, you know you you are you confident that you've, you know, you can take the next steps necessary to, you know to change the world and redeem it and Hal seems even though we don't see Hal's face we're kind of getting the idea he's kind of leaning in this direction and then we hear and I trust that you're not 
and we see Superman, Batman, and Zoriel side by side. And of course, I think Batman actually looks pretty good there. At least the top half of him does. And Batman still being Batman, going, still playing the parallax game, huh? Trying to remake everything <laughs> to, to, to suit your inflated ego. And Zoriel, of course, is the the voice of reason, going, "Don't judge him, you know, don't judge him, Batman. At least not yet." And everybody's basically looking for answers, and, and Hal's just kind of excited that everybody's referring to him as Hal. It's like, <laughs> it's like, hey, you know who I am? It's like, yay! But Mistos, you know, Mistos is not exactly uh, too thrilled with this, and she tells them to leave, and and seemingly, you know, the heroes are going, yeah, we'll be happy to go, you know, if Hal comes with us, and Miss Hal's trying to reassure her, hey, these are my friends, it's not really an issue. She kind of throws a spear, of course. What does she do? She throws a spear and frees <laughs> and frees the wrath, <laughs> the, the, the wrath of the specter again, and Hal's like, what the hell, are you crazy? It's like... And he actually says that. Are you crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that wasn't me. That wasn't me ad living people. He actually says that to us. Like, are you crazy? You know, and, and the, the 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 wrath goes directly towards Zoriel at first. Superman tries to intervene, and of course, Superman gets uh gets tossed away like a rag doll. He's like, kind of go, that soul, that thing, it burned my very soul. And Batman's calling, for, you know, Hal's like, you got to help, you got to help. You know, it's like, uh, and Hal just has this really, you know, completely dis- disinterested or dispassionate look on his face when Batman is calling to him, and Batman and the Spectre goes no. Hal just goes no, and Batman's like, just as I thought, you're the same as you monster you were before, and Hal's kind of like, you will do nothing. It's like I don't want to hurt you, Batman. The spider differences, I still consider you my friend, and of course Batman's being a dick, and it's like you're not a friend, you're a renegade, you're a murderer. And now we hear off panel your your opinion mortal is worthless and basically what we see is the the wrath of the specter has taken over Zoriel and you know basically now he's going to use Zoriel's power and his sword corrupted basically to to cleanse this degenerate world and thus ends part 2 yes i like the design of uh Zoriel wrath yeah, it lo- it looks very in a way it looks much like uh oh now what's his face from uh Day of Judgment? The, uh the, one of the demons. The, the, the one who took the one who took over the Spectre. He reminds me a little Asmodel. He looks a little bit he yeah. he's bulked out a little bit like Asmodel. Not obviously the their designs are different, but mm. Yeah, probably definite inspiration there. But yep. no that that part is cool. Um There, there, there was there was a lot on this issue that just kind of was weird. Like you know the the Superman Batman scene was just kind of crappy. The Batcave scene. Yeah. Um. I, I. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense that the Wrath, you know, unchecked would just want to go like on a murder spree. But like, I don't know. I feel I feel like they could have here's a direction that they could have taken the wrath. They could have made him just like a really like super badass version of the Spectre. So that way like you know you're kind of like well yeah, 
yeah, he was real rough, but he was also kind of a badass, and it was kind of cool. So that way, like, you're not really sure if you want to root for him to succeed or not. You know, like, instead yes. it's like, you know, like, you send him right out, and, like, the first thing he does is become, like, the worst villain, you know, like, of all time. It's like, oh, okay, well, you know, you're obviously going to lose. So, I mean, like, by that, by that estimate, like, you know, it was, like, the you know, the shittier path to take. Um, I, you know, like the song from the well of time sung by the faces on the wall to separate Hal Jordan. I mean, I don't know, like part of me thinks that that's kind of cool. And part of me thinks that that's so stupid, <laughs> but I mean, I guess since he got me thinking part of it is kind of cool. Like I'll give him that. I will definitely give him that. And then, like, her whole explanation about her island, like, you know, now it's time for, you know, the harmony to begin. It was just so, like, like, DiMatteis just, like, I don't know, like, I almost think he was high when he wrote it. <laughs> I kind of think that he was high or, like, just, like, so full of himself that, like, he just thought that, like, his words were like the cure to some unknown disease. I don't know, like, like seriously, like it's just it's pages of just painful dialogue, and it doesn't like get any better until like the the page where like you know the art's actually really good, where you have like the flashback scene, which is really cool. It's really really cool that it shows up here, um, and like I said, like to me. Like, this very well could have been the foundation for Relic's universe. You know, because she says, oh, I'm from, you know, the time before time started or whatever. Okay, well, I mean, like, that's a real, you know, convoluted way of saying I'm from the universe before this one. They could have tied this in. I mean, like, you know, obviously they couldn't really tie it in because it happened like 10 years Actually, no, 15 years, like, prior. More or less, yeah, give or take. But, uh, yeah, 10 to 15 years. But still, I mean, like, you know, the, the, this, these are things that could have been, you know, plucked up again with uh, Relic. But, uh, you know, and then, like, the destruction, like, you know, it doesn't say what the destruction is. And then, like, oh, well... Uh, with all the pa like in the next issue, you see just how much power Mistos has. You see how much power she has in this issue too, and like her method of dealing with Batman, Superman, and Zuriel is to free the Wrath to take like to what is it to um what, what does she want to do? Get them the hell out of there. <laughs> no, it's not. It's uh, to blind them, to basically to uh, keep them busy. Yeah, their well, presence, she, their presence, or as she says to Hal, their presence here blinds you to the truth. Um, so, so they I, have to be blinded. Yes. I think in the next issue, she she mentions something to the effect of like, you know, I just wanted to unleash the wrath to like confuse them and get them out of here or whatever like that, so that Hal could you know, help me raise the earth and bring back Harmonyville. I think that's essentially what happens. I don't think this was nearly as strong an issue. 
No, I think issue one, I think uh, issue two, the first issue of this arc, I think was was stronger. There. Anything else for issue two? I have nothing. Only once again, a couple of interesting ads I will just mention in here. You have the ads for the Green Lantern Hal Jordan power ring prop, the bust that came with the power ring. Okay. Yep. Which was the second in the series because as of as of this cre- as of this release, which was in in July, I guess it would have been in 2001. The Alan Scott one was out, so Hal was coming out in September, and they show you Kyle's and Sinestro's, which hadn't been released yet. So that's pretty cool since we've already done one of those as our in the ring cyclopedia episode, and I'll be getting to a few more. They also advertise uh, Green Lantern with Thousand and One Emerald Knights in this issue. <laughs> That one was really good. Yeah, I like that one too. They they advertise that, so that's so that so there's two big Green Lantern tie-ins and nothing not not related to Green Lantern yet, but of course down the road they have a they do push a Jeff Johns project, which was the Return of Hawkman, which was David Goyer, Jeff Johns, Stephen Sadowski, and Michael Bear, and that was in beginning in JSA 23, was the Return of Hawkman. That's the one that eventually switched over to Hawk Girl. Probably. Yeah. But, I, got yeah. like, I think like right around issue like 40 or so. So those those are kind of interesting little things. I, when I reread them, I kind of picked up on they were some pretty interesting ads. But other than that, that's all. I don't have anything else to, no pun intended, add to our discussion for issue three. So you want to take the conclusion? Um, what you call it? Uh, just a quick question. Absolutely. Hal Jordan, uh, not Hal Jordan, Carol Ferris's husband, Gil Johns. Did we mention? Did we like talk about his name at all last issue? Pretty episode? sure we did not. Um, because I'm not really sure why they would name him Johns, but like Gill is probably a like um a, a nod to Gil Kane. Probably makes perfect sense. But uh, I don't I don't know where the Johns comes in. I, Bill Finger was the other one that. Helped him make Hal Jordan. I wonder. I wonder what the guy that created the Spectre, what his name was. Let's see. Um, check this real quick. Let's make some really interesting uh, podcasting. <laughs> well, we could all. It could all always be edited out as, as if I give Chad the heads up. If not, then. Again, we're lifting the curtain. People enjoy it. It won't last long. <laughs> yeah, okay. The, the Spectre was created by Jerry Siegel and Bernard Bailey. Oh, another so, Siegel. Another Siegel creation, eh? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. No, 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 uh, no John's reference that I can see. Anyway. Okay, so getting to issue four now. The conclusion of Redeeming the Demon. Uh... The issue that the cover on this one was nowhere near as good as the previous two. No. Interesting title for the issue, too. Doom of the Nameless Land or Rebirth? Rebirth. Yeah. Um, Rebirth. Rebirth. Yeah. This one, I'll I'll buy Rebirth. Rebirth of the Spectre itself. the, The Wrath. Okay, so you start out with a recap page of, uh, the Azrael is it it's Azrael? Zoriel. 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 Yeah, God. The Zoriel Wrath 
basically doing an exact recap of the previous page, and uh, Mistos is about to step in and, you know, take care of things when Hal Jordan says no, um, and uh, he basically says, you know, um, you know, Zoriel, I don't think he's dead. Let me let me deal with this. And he shoves his hand into the wrath, and there's blinding light for like three pages or so, <laughs> <laughs> and an explosion. I don't know. Like I guess Sook was like especially busy, or maybe he had like he was on a bender one night, <laughs> and so in order to cut back on pages. The, uh, it's like fly- flashes and blinding light and everything like that. And then I I, I want to say, I'm not really sure if it's Zuriel or Hal or, or both in the water that they just fly off into the ocean. But then it's Superman and Batman stuck at the uh, unnamed place, whatever. <laughs> Mm, like in, in, the, in the Pacific, we, sh- we should point that out. That Mistos' mystical place somehow is loca- is able to be located, I guess, somehow, because it's in the Pacific. <laughs> somehow. Did they, w- did they reference that? Yeah, they did it right in the, co- right in the first page of this. Uh, right above uh, Zoriel Wrath's head. The Citadel of Mistos, somewhere in the Pacific. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. That might be the first time they referenced it. I could be wrong, but, but that, that's the one that stood out when I was... But I when I went back to start reading this issue, okay, I don't I don't think it matters. No, it doesn't. So, uh, so yeah, Superman and Batman they're stuck now at this place, and uh, Mistos is like, oh well, you've seen my citadel, so you can never leave. And they're just like, um, yes, we can. We're gonna go now. And <laughs> like like I like I joked about before, Batman literally throws a batarang around Superman's hand and expects him to carry him out. And as they're flying out, Mistos traps them under the power of the living masks. Um, they get trapped in like their own little pocket universes. Batman is able to like break out of his um uh, eventually, so does Superman, but not before Batman <laughs> just starts punching the masks on the wall. <laughs> it's just like running around, just like punching the walls and destroying the place. And, you know, like fighting uh, Mistos um, doesn't last too long uh, until finally he is a mask on the wall as well. And then Superman gets out of his uh, his, uni- his little pocket universe and just starts like punching her like left and right just to I, I don't even know what he I don't know what either of them hope to accomplish. I mean like it's like a they're facing off against some sort of like cosmic godlike being that doesn't even have like a corporeal corporal corp- corporeal form all the time and they're punching her. And they're not. Superman's not getting anywhere. Meanwhile, the Spectre is uh, having a a battle between uh, the Wrath and Zoriel. I guess I'm not really. Oh wow, that's interesting. I'm not really. Wow, that's really interesting. Which part? The uh, part where you see the Spectre as basically Two Face. Yeah, it almost looks like Spider-Man. <laughs> well, 
Well, I mean, it's it, it is exactly Two Face. Yeah. Half of his face is the Spectre, and half is the is Hal. Yeah. That is cool. Are you looking at the same page as me? Twelve. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 perfect foreshadowing for. Yep. That's issue. yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, like there's a whole bunch of just like conversation back and forth between Hal and the Wrath until finally Hal tells, you know, is talking to the Wrath, trying to convince the Wrath that, you know, not everything has to be, you know, vengeance. You know, we could be giving second chances to mankind. And as soon as he, like, says that, like, the Wrath changes to, uh, new perception where it's more about redemption and uh, it's all based on man's projections. So because Hal projected hard enough the hope for, you know, the future of mankind, which, by the way, uh, hope and everything's blue. Yes. That's kind of cool. Now all of a sudden the wrath is more it's now the logos yes they do refer to it as the logos so now it's not the wrath or it is the wrath and we're just calling it the logos instead or the wrath is the logos so we're still dealing with the wrath but a happy wrath well i guess the logos is what's under the the logos i assume is the core of core of the being or the of the essence of that the essence of that essence so the wrath is the way I guess it was perceived, but that was kind of as they it's kind of was like a veil as they referred to it as a veil or a uh, a facade. And now because of Hal's re- the way Hal has changed and the way his focus is different and he's looking at things differently, then in a way that's been he's been able to get beneath that that surface to the, to the underlying layer, I guess, of what the what the specter really is, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. anyway, uh, the, the, what he thought was a demon was not, was never actually a demon. It was actually like a piece of God. Um, so yeah, he gave it a new face. So now it's not angry anymore. Um, although I guess if he let it go, it would probably revert back to the wrath pretty quick. Without Hal Jordan's um, hope for the future, you know, to guide it. Anyway, so Superman is, is still fighting Mistos, and uh, that doesn't last long. He ends up on the wall of masks also. And then Mistos is like, okay, well, you know, screw the signs. I'm done waiting. I'm going to annihilate everything and bring back my, you know, Harmony Town. And, uh, you know, screw everybody else. Even freezing all in crystal as she does it and uh so she starts you know doing it and all of her masks are singing and whatnot and then she's stopped by Hal and uh because he he silenced the masks uh she's lost everything or so she thinks until Hal reveals to her that her people were never destroyed, they never went anywhere. She was the one that left them 
And so she, like, her mind came up with the whole, like, you know, destruction of her people to deal with that. So I guess now, like, they've been waiting for her to come back. So now he's helping her. So she's coming back. And it turns out all was her dad who was waiting for her to, you know, see the light, I guess. And uh, at this point... So she, so she goes off to the rest of the Risen, and Hal then pops the Superman and Batman mask off the wall into actual people. They all fly away. Zoriel shows up, and he's like, you know, it's like, I've showed up just in the nick of time to bring you to Carol Ferris. And you get this super creepy picture of Hal Jordan's face that just looks like a pedophile. <laughs> Nothing more than a pedophile. Jared Fogle with a cloak. And then, and he's looking directly at Carol Ferris, who looks like she's 12. So, I mean, you know, the pedophile look, I guess, makes a little bit of sense. Oh, God. She looks like she's 12. Uh, until the next page where she aged like 80 years. <laughs> and and also, likewise, how Jordan de-aged to the point that he's a 13-year-old boy. And, uh, yes, they, they're reunited. Hal says, hello, Carol. Carol says, hello, Hal. Although, in her voice, at her age, it would probably be more like, hello, Hal. <laughs> Follow really quickly. Like Sorry, go ahead. No, she really looks like she's, like, just, like, 70 or so. Yeah, she does look old there. Yeah. So she'll, she would say, Hal, hello, Hal, in an old lady voice, followed promptly by a... <laughs> you know, even in the chat, like, the, the panel just above, like, the last page, you know, splash, you have a silhouette of her. Where she, it looks like she has a mullet. Yes. Yeah, Do you bad. see that? Yes. Like, like what the hell? And not a very flattering shape in that silhouette for her body either. <laughs> it doesn't mean look. It doesn't mean look human. It looks like either. It, it kind of looks like a zombie. It could be like a Blackest Night reject. Or um, what are the? It's almost like the Avatar aliens because it's like kind of stretched out. <laughs> <laughs> oh god I wish she was in the place where the eye does not see <laughs> <laughs> uh, well at least we got a decent panel with Carol looking like she's 12 <sighs> yeah short hair does not become her oh man this is this was uh, this is weird I, I mean again like this series, this series basically had me, had me buying the issues, like, on a wing and a prayer. Like, like they had me buy a thread, and they just kept on giving me just enough to keep coming back. Now, for this issue, I, I, I do really like how Hal basically, you know, showed her that the Risen were, were there the whole time. Um... And that she was actually the one that left. I, I think that's a very interesting way to play this off and to close it all out. Um, that's a great concept. 
the rest of the issue with Batman and Superman. You know, like, and this is this is where Batman and Superman never should have been here in the first place. But because they were, like, they're trying to fight this, you know, super powerful, you know, essence of a person. Which, oh yeah, the other thing that I wasn't really big on was, like, like, if you're going to have them, like, especially Superman, like, how come they can't, they can't do anything? Like, they don't even have the force of will to, like, you know, demask themselves from the wall. I mean, like, you know, it's like, okay, poof, your masks. That's it. Okay, Superman is essentially dead. <laughs> Batman is essentially dead. They're wall decorations. And she just did this with a stab of her fingers. And, you know, it's like, what was the point of all of this? And I like the fact that nothing changes Batman's bad attitude. <laughs> Superman, Superman's all happy. He's like, oh, thanks, Hal. I didn't want to spend an eternity on that wall. And Batman's like, what are you thinking him for? For all we know, he's the one who's really responsible for all this stuff. <laughs> Get off my lawn! Hal so, will just be like, you know what? You're right. Back to the wall. <laughs> But I like the fact, at least I like the fact that Hal is kind of like, in a way he's above that. You know, he's above being petty and saying, listen, I'm doing everything I can to get off my back. That he's that he's kind of, he, he, he is above some of that petty reaction, but he also knows, he understands, he also understands why Bruce feels that way. Yeah. And he kind yeah. of referenced the fact that, while Superman picks up on him right away, it's like, can't you feel it, Bruce? Can't you just sense that, he's cha- that Hal has changed and... And Batman's, you know, of course, is eh. But Hal's even like, well, I don't know. I really don't know if that's true myself, Clark. But it's good. To, it's kind of good to know that in case I got, anything happens and I go bad again, that you know, you guys, I have I have friends like you that are around to stop me. Yeah, and by stop me, I mean, you know, not do anything and turn into masks. <laughs> <laughs> it means go get the spirit destiny. <laughs> Call me in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like you know, like Superman. I buy that he has more, you know, a higher, you know, awareness. Um, you know, and Batman's just kind of like kind of see it for himself. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, that that was that was a good panel where, you know, he's like, you know, eh, maybe Batman's right. Maybe I will screw up <laughs> on purpose to mess with Batman. That's right. <laughs> It's kind of weird, like, how, you know, Hal turns back and forth between, like, the Hal Jordan Spectre and this weird monk Spectre. Yeah, I, that's one of the things that I don't – I guess it really is probably a, a reflection on on the mood that he's in and the situation that he's in, even though clearly I think for a lot of this – a lot of these issues, I think they tried to go down the the, the monk specter look because to, do, to to give you a physical you know embodiment that he has changed. But I definitely think he looks better. He looked better as the way he first was, you know, and even you know with the kind of like the almost like the green lan the green lantern costume pretty much with you know with the just in white and every and yeah. pale green with the symbol his the chest symbol now being like you know glowing and with his Green Lantern mask. I think that was a cool look for him. I liked it better, obviously, when they drew him like that, but... So, we, we will see that look again, but it is... But you said, like you said, it, it, it is tough when it, when, it, when it goes back and forth like that. Yeah. So, 
I think that's it. And the only cool ad in this in this issue that was different was uh, cool only because again it's Green Lantern related. It's not one of your favorite stories, I don't think. But Green Lantern Dragon Lord. <laughs> oh God, that that was the worst. <laughs> so they were they were pushing that that uh, prestige format story arc in this. You book. know, I, I I would venture to say that that was even worse than Collateral Damage. And for you to say that, that, that means a lot of people. <laughs> I, you know, like, I, I at least enjoyed the art and collateral damage. Man. Yeah, that, that Dragon Lord. It was not... It wasn't even conclusively a uh, an Elseworlds. That is true. So, I mean, it's like it was sort of an Elseworlds, but also sort of in continuity. And if it was in continuity, it didn't make any fucking sense because it was just it was like written by a four-year-old and didn't have any idea what a green lantern was it's just oh so irritating oh that was a bad story <laughs> wow that's a strong reaction i <laughs> had forgotten how, how much i hated that story okay but on the bright side, when we come back to the Spectre, then, yes, we'll be doing the Two-Face issue, which we both enjoy very much, and the art is much better, too. <laughs> yeah, I think it was I, I think it was my favorite issue of the series. It's one of them. It's, because, again, like, like you kind of alluded to, it's, we see the Spectre doing, trying to do something he hadn't really done before, and, we're, and again, trying to, we get to see some uh, why some things you don't quite work out the way you imagine that they would, kind of, in the... So I think it's kind. Of, I think there's a. It's a good story. It's a good story to tell. So it's, it is definitely one of the better issues, if not the best issue. I still. I think the the parallax issue is pretty good too. But I think you're right. The two face issue certainly ranks up there with the top one or two issues. I think of the entire run. So that'll be a that'll be a fun one. Where we get to visit in 2016. Yep. Yep. So should I talk about my smuggler's bounty box? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, now to the good stuff. Now, <laughs> now, now to cleanse our palate. <laughs> well, yes, okay, I, so I, I, I... Like, I heard one thing that was going to be in it, but... Uh, which one was that, the Phasma thing? Yeah, the Phasma. Yeah, so I, for those of... Most people, well, many people will probably know what that, what, the, what we're talking about. The Star Wars smuggler's bounty is essentially the Star Wars... Com- Slash Funko version of a, uh, are they Funko Star Wars version of a loot crate? So I had, I had signed up in I think in September I had signed up for the to be on board for the first the first box, which shipped last week. And I think even though it still just says Force Awakens on it, I think technically now that it was released, I think they actually said it was a a first order box, which makes sense based on the content of the box. So in our Smuggler's Bounty box, we have a a lanyard, which basically is a is a, a Funko First Order Storm. Actually, it's a bunch. It looks like two different Funko Stormtroopers on this lanyard, First Order Stormtroopers holding different weapons. So we got a we got a lanyard. So that that's that's pretty cool. We have a First Order patch, F- First Order Tie Fighter pilot patch. It looks like. There is a Kylo Ren pin. There is a there is a Captain Phasma T-shirt, which is 
It's, it's like a Funko Captain Phasma, but the with the big oversized head. So that was that was the that was the included T-shirt. As Jim alluded to, there is a uh, the you know the Pop Funko. There's a Chrome version of Captain Phasma. That is the Smuggler's Bounty is ex- one of the Smuggler's Bounty exclusives, and the other one was a Tie Fighter pilot, a First Order Tie Fighter pilot. Tie Fighter pilot, which is also, I guess, a an exclusive. Okay, yeah, I see that. So. I, I just pulled up a picture of it. Yeah, the Tie Fighter pilot is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. They're both they're they're both pretty cool. I don't know if I'm open. Yeah, the Chrome, yeah, the Chrome Phasma's really cool. Now these are bobbleheads. Yeah, they're bobbleheads. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 pop yeah the the, the pop Funko ones are, are bobbleheads because I have uh I think I have the I think I have Age of Ultron Vision downstairs. I picked I picked that one up when I came out. I have a. I think I have a Captain America. I think if I think it was first. I think it might be First Avenger Captain America, and I have a Hal one. I have a Hal one too, a Green Lantern one. So. Yeah. And I. I uh, no good. Oh no! Um, what would you call? It? By the way, I, I saw the the shirt. The shirt's really cool. Yeah, the shirt is the shirt is pretty cool. And the pin, the Kylo Ren pin, is pretty cool too. That's a, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool pin. And I guess the second wave, the second box is going to be the Resistance. So obviously they're going heavy. Not surprisingly, they're going heavy. Uh, Force Awakens to st- to launch, which makes sense also because if you just focus on, just said, move movie after, you know, just focus entirely on one movie per box, then you would have a problem because you don't have that many movies. <laughs> Though you could, of course, do the Clone Wars TV show and Rebels and a lot of other things, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, no, that, you're right. It does make sense to do it like that. Um, and that definitely makes sense to have the first two be part of, you know, this movie. Um, yeah, the the Star Wars, the, the, the Star Wars Pop, Pop Funko things, like, I think I got, I got an Admiral Akbar. Like as part of uh, either a loot crate or uh, the nerd block, right? Yeah, like I don't know, a while ago, a year or two ago. And I mean, like they're kind of cool looking, but like I just hate the fact that they're bobbleheads. Like with the with the the DC ones, I think most, if not all, of the DC ones are like actual figures. Where the head's like connected and you know it can rotate and everything like that. Um, so yeah, I mean like I, I never I never went after the Star Wars ones because they were bobbleheads. So like when this came out, like yeah, I mean like the, the the Chrome Phasma is really cool looking and you know everything else in the box is really neat. But um, just you know like I since I don't really want to you know get into the bobblehead collection thing. I skipped it, but uh, no, it makes sense, and I'm I'm not I'm not 100 sure I'm going to keep you know I'm going to keep this going indefinitely. I figured I'd give yeah. it a shot for a couple of boxes and see what see what we have. I mean, it depends on the depends on what we get and the characters we get too. I mean, it's yeah, uh, you you can almost take it to the bank. There'll be some you know when it comes to the bobbleheads probably in if, if we're getting two Funkos per box, which I think we do get. Once we do the resistance, you you pretty much know you got you almost can take it to the bank. You're gonna get a Ray or a Finn or Poe Dameron. At least gonna, at least gonna get one of those characters as an oh, exclusive. 
You're probably going to get a Stormtrooper Finn. You could. You could get a. That would be. That could. would actually be pretty cool. And then who knows? Maybe you'll get a. Maybe it'll be in a Han or something. Maybe they'll throw in one of the older characters. Luke would be pretty cool. They did if they did like a Jedi Luke or something, an exclusive yeah. Jedi Luke or something. That would be Jedi Master Luke. That would be kind of cool. So yeah, I'm gonna, I figured I give it I give it a shot. I like the little the box is cute. The box that comes in is pretty cute, pretty small. Yeah. Uh, so I was that was waiting for me when I arrived tonight. So I wanted to open that before Jim and I got a chance to record. So now that's twenty five dollars. It is. It is twenty five, but when you tack on the shipping, I think it's I think it's like it might be like twenty nine. Yeah, I think. Hold on, I'll tell you exact. I'll tell you exactly what it is. I think it's like th- comes down to right around thirty, like thirty five bucks when you f- when you factor in the shipping. Yes, twenty five. It's twenty five for the box, but it ended up being like thirty four fifty five once once the shipping was was tacked on to it. Okay. So. Yeah, and I, I just got a picture of the lanyard and the. Uh the pin and the, the the patch yeah I mean the the lanyard the pin and the patch they're they're cool like I mean the lanyard would be great if you go to like comic conventions oh yeah um I, w- I would much rather use that particular one than any one of the ones that they ever offer um uh, the pin I mean if you collect pins that's a great pin um Patches again. If you collect patches, it's a great patch. I don't collect patches, but I mean, for for the the t-shirt alone, well, the t-shirt and the two pops alone. Yep. You're definitely getting your money's worth. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, but and especially if you if you are someone who's into you know into the pop funkos, then it makes then it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So that's one of the. I kind of. I mean, I, I'm not a huge collector of those. I have a, I have several. So it dep- again, it depends. I'm, I'm much more character specific. Yeah. Across yeah. the board, I mean, whether it's, you know, I'm much more likely to get a whole different, like a huge variation of different char- of different interpretations of characters I like, like the Vision. I have a whole bunch of different Vision, whether it's toys, whether it's bobbleheads, whether it's, you know, figures, So because I like the Vision. So, but as opposed to just getting all, you know, one particular company's line across the board, regardless of the character. So, yeah, I figured it would work. It's something I'll continue release into 2016, and and we'll see. I'll be curious. To, I'm actually pretty curious to see what will happen once they start steering away from The Force Awakens too, to see what kind of old, you know, old school or prequel stuff we we end up getting, because that could be that could be pretty cool too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I uh, the uh, so yeah so this is from Funko. Now this is the second like specific theme box that they have come out with. If I'm not mistaken, the first one being the Marvel box. If I, you could be correct, I do remember the. I almost, I did think about signing up for the Marvel one when they when they when they announced that. Uh, but yeah, Star Wars being a Star Wars guy, and it drew me in because you could at least because you could get on the ground floor of that, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, the, I mean the uh, the Marvel one because um, I you know I, I definitely take note of them. Um, Again, you know, it's it's bobbleheads instead of the figures. So, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna like subscribe to that one. But I do like keep tabs on it. Like, if you wanted the Hulkbuster, like, uh, oh, pop yeah. yes, Funko, yeah, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, like that's like a huge, you know, like giant size one. If you know to fit in with your, um, 
movie Avenger, yeah, I mean, movie Avenger Pop Funkos. Um, that was in the first box. They, uh, I forget what was in the second box, but the third box was Ant-Man. And that one I actually ended up having a, I, I ordered that one secondhand because it comes with like an unmasked Ant-Man Funko, you know, Pop Funko. And that's really cool in and of itself. But the best part about it is that it comes with like a micro pop Funko Ant Man. That's pretty cool. Uh, it's like it's the smallest bobblehead that they've ever made. Um, and you could only get that, you know, through the uh, the box. And then I think the, the month after that, they actually had uh, it was you got two of them. You got uh, She Thor. Oh, okay. And Miles Morales Spider Man, which would be a cool figure at least. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, that, that those are definitely two cool ones. So I want to say like the next month is like villains or something like that, but I don't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, yeah, yeah, that stuff's really cool. Um, I mean, in terms of, I don't have anything. I guess that great to talk about. But the one thing that I will mention, have you like been checking out any of like the like the virtual reality scene? No. So, well, have you heard of Google Cardboard? Not specifically, no. I would have to be honest, I haven't. Okay. So, uh, I guess it was like a it's probably been going for like a couple of years now. Google came up with this device and they ended up, they were giving them out like in the beginning. It is a cardboard thing that you fold up and it comes with like, you know, there's two lenses in it and I think like a magnet or something and you put your phone into it and because the phone is set a specific distance away from these special lenses, then Google also has a, an app that, you know, ties into it so that you can download specific videos and, like, watch the videos through this thing, and it basically is virtual reality. Um, as you move your phone around, like, you see different parts of, like, the 360-degree, you know, scene, and, like, I'm pretty sure that it's supposed to be in 3D. I, like... I haven't uh, I haven't got all the details of it yet, but I'm pretty sure it is like in 3D also. And um, yeah, because when you put it in the viewer, there's like it's kind of split down the center of it, so you get like one image for the left and right eye. And if you have like any Android or um, you know I/O phone, uh, the Apple phone, they're usually compatible with this. So. I never got one of those. I never really, you know, I never really felt that it was worth buying a piece of cardboard. I didn't even realize that there were lenses involved. But, you know, it didn't really sound that impressive to me. And then today I'm hearing, like, a review about it. And, like, the review that I heard was based on the new Viewmaster version. So Viewmaster came out with, like, basically a plastic version of the Google Cardboard that looks something like a traditional view, viewfinder, viewmaster viewfinder, 
with like the little like the circle thing that you click and it goes through like right. different three D pictures. Yeah. So you get that, you put your phone in it, and it's you know it's a little more sturdy and you know like you have like a clicker to press the button on your phone and stuff like that. Um, and where the Google Chrome, if you order that, it's probably like I think it's like twenty three dollars. If you go to, you know, most toy stores or whatever, or Target or whatever, you can get this thing anywhere from, like, 25 to $35. So, like, comparatively speaking, it's, you know, it's a decent buy for, you know, a big, you know, chunk of plastic like that with the lenses. So, I ended up buying one of these things. And, you know, of course, knowing, you know, knowing my luck, my phone doesn't fit. Uh... So, I'm going to have to, you know, figure out something else, find another option. But, I mean, like, even though it doesn't fit, I can kind of, like, jury-rig it and hold my phone up to it to get an idea of how it works. And it's pretty neat. It, like, it is, it's very immersive. Um, there's, like, different uh, virtual reality content providers um, and they're usually all like interchangeable. Like you could download any one to play with the Google uh, cardboard app. But like the one in particular that I thought was really really interesting was that like it's it's a couple and like they're on the beach and like you're watching them and like you depending on who you're looking at you can hear their thoughts. So if you are looking at the guy, you can hear the guy's thoughts on the relationship. And then if you, like, replay it and you're looking at the girl, you can hear the girl's thoughts on the relationship. So basically it's like you're watching, like, this, like, short film. But depending on what you're looking at at any given time, it could be, like, you know, presented completely different. That is interesting. So, yeah, so there's that... um, I think it, it works with uh, Google Earth, so you could like go look at um, what do you call it? Um, you know, different landmarks across the Earth, like in 3D with your phone and this little device. Um, and I mean, like, if you want to like do it yourself, like it can be done really cheap. Like, if you go on eBay, I think you can get the lenses for like two bucks, you know, or cheaper. You could probably get the everything you need for like well under five bucks, um, you know, or get the lenses and you know cut the cardboard yourself and whatever, you know, get a magnet or whatever you need. So it's it's very accessible and like they're actually, you know, creating like new like interesting content for it. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I think like this, maybe not this year. I think like we're we're like ramping up to this stuff like actually selling soon, um, like in, in decent numbers. Like the the Oculus Rift, like that. I don't know when that's coming out. I'm not sure if that's out for this holiday season or not. But it's like it's so prohibitively expensive. It's like three hundred and fifty dollars like for one unit. So it's you know it's ridiculously expensive. But, I mean, like, when you have, like, the Google Cardboard and you actually get, like, decent results out of it, like, really cool results out of it, and, like, you know, all you have to do is, like, you know, buy a couple of 
base components and make one or buy the stuff. I, you know, like on Amazon, like you can have one, you could buy like a like a plastic one, like not quite the viewfinder one, the viewmaster one, but it's still like a plastic holder. You could have it for less than ten bucks. I mean, like you know, for for that particular price, like to be able to try out virtual reality, I think is a really neat neat uh, innovation. Yeah, it's a certainly an interesting time we live in, for good, for good and for bad. <laughs> and, and that, and we'll look at, we'll take that one as a good. <laughs> we hope anyway. We take that one as a good versus all the other stuff that's going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely a good thing for now. Indeed. Um, Before it goes all lawnmower man on us. Did you so, want? To, did you want to plug this, your sliders cast? We haven't had an episode in, like, I don't know, a couple of months now. Maybe that's why you do need to plug it then. <laughs> keep, <laughs> keep the blood flowing, Jim. Uh, it'll come back eventually. Uh, until then, yeah, sliderscast.com, and uh, there's, there's a bunch of episodes that are up right now, and there'll be more eventually. Indeed. It'll, it'll, it'll hit a lot of, uh, you know, road bumps. We can understand that. <laughs> As you well know from when you were doing the show, there's 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 peaks and valleys to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it comes to recording. There's a lot of things that get in the way. <laughs> you know, for us, you know, it's not the recording aspect. <coughs> it's the editing. I, you know, like, because the, the editor that I was using, um, the, not the editor, the recorder that I was using, the iFree Skype recorder, um, I don't re- recommend it at all because what happens is they start in sync, like both voice tracks start up in sync. And like, if you jump to the end, like one track will be three seconds off. Like, and then you're left to wonder, okay, well, like, was it, was it a jump? Or did it just gradually go out of sync, or what? And then, like trying to edit that is just like, like a like a like a hellish nightmare. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'll get I'll get past it eventually, and then we'll record some more on a different recorder. Makes everything better. Yep. It definitely does. I mean, technology. Technology is wonderful, but sometimes if it, when it doesn't work properly, we know it can be a real pain. In the, you know what? Trying to get things straightened out and just if it becomes extreme, it does become extremely frustrating. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you you want to record the podcast because it's it's a lot of fun. You know, to talk about stuff that you love. But then, like you know, on the flip side, like the editing aspect, like you know, it's not even the kind of thing where it's like, oh well, you know, we said ums and ahs and you know had a couple of breaks or whatever. Like that stuff, you could let fly. You know, when all of a sudden, like, you know, okay, well, 30 minutes in, like, Dan is answering me before I ask the question. <laughs> He's psychic! <laughs> uh, That's Dan's superpower! Would make for an interesting episode. <laughs> Q&A time with Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Next! Oh, I should say. Dan, I have a question. <laughs> I oh, know. actually, well, the answer to that is... That- <laughs> Next foolish mortal. Uh, 
Okey-doke. So I will plug our show since I'm... Go <laughs> Lanterncast at gmail.com. Lanterncast at gmail.com. Uh, check out our website, lanterncast.com. Latest news, Ring Cyclopedia episodes, and of course, our latest episodes of not just Pre-Birth, but Lanterncast proper and all our other spinoffs. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, hashtag GLCast to locate us on all of those iTunes and Stitcher, we are on both. Please leave us positive reviews, especially if you listen to us on both or whichever one you listen to, if only one. Then we give us a positive one on that one. We'll take what we can get, people. Then <laughs> uh, start up an account on the other. That's that's right. That's right. Start that start too. a petition to have everybody else listen on the other platform. Uh, last but not least, like to leave us a voicemail: seven zero eight Lantern, seven zero eight Lantern. Let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear on future episodes, whether it be pre-birth, whether it be Lantern Cast proper, the Green Arrow, Green Lantern spinoff, or anything else under the sun that's Lantern related. Throw it out there. As long, but let, let's try not to make it larfly, shall we? <laughs> yeah, listen, everybody. If if you're on Twitter, like if all of our our listeners like were on Twitter and they like tweeted out, you know, like the the pre-birth show, and like their friends like you know tweeted out, you know, the the pre-birth show also. Then like eventually like we might like you know rise to the point where we have like fifteen listeners. <laughs> I think we have more than fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta we gotta aspire for greatness. So I like we we should like shoot for like you know twenty thirty listeners. See, usually when it, at least look, you look at the number of people we reach, at least when we launch it on Facebook, we actually per capita are, at least up to this point, our episodes have actually done pretty well compared to a lot of the regular, certainly compared to regular issue review episodes. But of course, now by luck of the draw, we're gonna we're gonna be following the uh, the, the state of the Green Lantern Union, which I think as of before I looked, it was released today a couple of hours ago, and I'm looking at it. I think even on Facebook it has something like around 300 reaches already. So now, oh, now yeah, well. Yeah, that's because you, you, you tagged, like, Corwin and <laughs> Earth's Mightiest Podcast and, like, Bill Clinton and, like, <laughs> I, like you know, the, the tags in that one were probably what's helping propel, propel the, uh, the reach on that one. But, 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 but Chad didn't, dug us a big hole for us to try to climb out of for this one. <laughs> Yeah. So we appreciate we'll, we'll appreciate all the support we get for this for this episode, and of course all the support you've given us up to this point. I think I think pre-birth has been fairly successful at this point. Listen, I have to say, if if this if pre-birth is uh, getting a, a better reach than the actual episode reviews, then uh, all I have to say is uh, suck it, Chad. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that 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 you know that directly you know relates to. Uh, some of the stuff we talk about in that episode, I think, about the the change in the atmosphere or the the lack of passion, I think, in Green Lantern, the Green Lantern universe as it currently exists, I think that I think that filters out into the you know the fan base too. That if if they're, if they're not really passionate about what they're reading, then they're probably not going to want to listen to people talk about it either. <laughs> yeah, no, so. that's, that's true. I mean, like I, for me personally, like I was buying the issues and. I think I still have a couple of issues to read, but I mean, like I stopped buying issues like a couple of months ago 
So, like, I have no idea what happened after, like, the first issue of Lost Army or, like, the second issue of Green Lantern, you know, after the, you know. They disappeared. I don't even remember. What what was the whole... Uh, Whatever, it's not even worth talking about. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk we'll talk about it in another episode since we like to we like we we tend to like to talk about whatever hot on our minds at the time. So I'm sure yeah. it'll come up again, and we'll and it'll be good actually to get your thoughts on some current Green Lantern stuff since I know you haven't been keeping as up to date, or else we would have had you on the state of you know the state of the, the union show. <laughs> I didn't think. Act- I didn't actually think you were as cl- as close to being caught up as you were, or else I I still probably would have I would have asked know, you. You know what heartbeat. it is? Like I I skipped over a lot, uh, and then when uh, I don't know what was it they was it after convergence? Yeah, it must have been after uh, convergence. They it was kind of like a jumping on point. It seemed like yes. Yes, yeah, they've been so, trying to do yeah. their their uh, new uh, what you call it their the renegade Hal and the new status quo. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know how that was, that was a if that was would have in theory been a great jumping on point for people who uh, who didn't know much about Hal going in. I don't know if that was have been that great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I, it was it would have been a decent jumping on point for me though because like right. I I know you know I just I just skipped over all the. The, the Durlin War <laughs> and the uh, the lights out, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, I, from what I read of those, like I I did like it. I just wasn't uh, it wasn't the kind of thing where it's like, oh man, I can't wait to the next issue. So and yeah, and I think that it, that's one of the things we definitely touch upon in that. In that episode is the fact that I think I think there's a lot of that going around. I think there's just I think that's probably what most people's reactions right now that you're not no one's there's not a lot of oh yeah I can't wait to go out and get this issue you know yeah there's just that, and I think that definitely I think that that definitely hurts the uh, the current state and status yeah. of the of the franchise. So hopefully hopefully something will happen to be able to you know rejuvenate it, giving it give it some kind of transfusion because it needs something. Because it's yeah, yeah. You need you need one person to kind of take the reins, and that person has to have like a really just like energetic vision, you know, of new things to come. Yeah, they have... you know, like they, no matter what anybody says about Jeff Johns, you know, like the end of his run. Okay, maybe he was getting a little stale, but I mean, like he, he was on Green Lantern for a long time. And a lot of those stories were really good. You know, and everything all flowed pretty cohesive amongst all of the, you know, the books. So. No, it, yeah, there's, there's, there's no doubt about that. And again, whether, whether the stuff with Jeff Johns, whether he actually was running out of real ideas or whether he was just, at the time, just being pulled in so many different directions that he was being stretched thin and he really didn't yeah. have as much time to devote to Green Lantern or to come up with, you know, the ideas that he normally would have been able to come up with something a little more fresh or maybe, or a little more captivating that it was just because he was getting pulled, you know, and, so, and now, and 
who knows? It's probably not a coincidence that I think some of his, a lot of his stories, have been, at least people seem to perceive them as, as a, a lot crisper now, especially now that he's not writing many books and he's kind of look, kind of like overseeing things, you know, in the bigger picture for DC and then most, mostly focusing on the Justice League right now. So, yeah. so I think that's probably been a plus, and that's probably what hurt. That probably what hurt uh, him towards the end. And DC probably just said, you know, one they may not have necessarily said, oh, you have to do this one book, though they could have. But they probably said, well, we we want, where well, we really want you to cut your number of books down. And I'm sure at this point, in all honesty, they these DC could have been willing to let Green Lantern fly in its own since it was still doing well and had, had built up such a following. And or Johns might have been more willing to let it go because he'd been doing it for, you know, like four or five years now so it might have been really easy for him to, for, to you know or longer to walk away so yeah but we will see hopefully hopefully something will push it back towards the positive side more positive yeah. side it's not like we don't i don't want to make it sound like there's nothing positive in it because that's not true but uh, you know dan dan always liked to say that it goes in uh waves yep so we just gotta wait for the next cycle to come around, the next good cycle. Yeah, that that is probably very very true. We talk about that too. How, we did how cyclical everything is, and it's just, and you knew even when things were really good, you know, when you were at the the you know the peak of the Jeff Johns era, when you were going from Sinestro Corps to the build up towards Blackest Night, you knew as popular as that was as big as Green Lantern was and it, it, what his Q rating kind of would be, you know, for a comic book character in the real world at that time and in social media and everybody being aware of the character and his relevance in the DC storylines that you knew that it wasn't going to last just because it's, you you hoped it wouldn't probably go down to where it is now, but you kind of knew that there was no way that it was going to stay, you know, it could possibly stay where it was, so. Yeah. Well, on that note. On that note, so. Jim and I will be back probably. No, we'll be back probably by February, I would assume, uh, to do to do the next episode of Prebirth. So, even though we'll probably all be together again on the Christmas episode of Lantern Cast proper, if not, we're, we'll wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving and a and a happy holiday season. Yes. Yeah. Although I don't know because that that Two Face issue was really good, so I might be willing to come back sooner. <laughs> You just let me know when. It's not. It's not a. I'm. I'm just. I was just trying not to put any pressure on you to have to record sooner rather than later. But yeah, I'm sure this was the biggest gap. You know, this is the biggest gap we've had between episodes, and it wasn't anybody's fault. There was just a lot of other things going on for both of us, and of course, there were a lot of things going on with uh, you know, the regular episodes of the show. So there weren't as many many openings in the schedule. But we wanted to get one in right before the holidays, and hopefully we'll. Not too far into 2016, we'll be back with the next episode. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Cool. Good night, everybody. So long. Quarters in session, averted No appeal on the docket today, just my home sin. The walls cold and Now the sound